0: Zen, Zen. Episode 4
1: 0.
0: Episode 4 0. Episode 4 0. Oh. Uh, oh, you already know.
1: O O H. Got it. Got
0: it. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Goodnight Harlem Is with Avia. In law. So we are, <sighs> we're about to go back into this R. Kelly business. Um, this is back-to-back episodes of R. Kelly. I feel like we're the quiet storm mix from the 90s, it's playing back-to-back <laughs> R.
1: Kelly's. Yo, in, in the worst way, though. Right, right. <laughs> we muting him while we playing him. Right,
0: exactly. <laughs> um, we're gonna start this off as usual Hyper Good Nights. And for those of you who don't know what Hyper Good Nights are, we hype things we like. We goodnight things we don't like. So, Avia, uh, we're gonna start off with our first Hyper Good Night of the day. Hyper night to the fact that Art Kelly has been released from RCA. I will let you start this.
1: Well, I'm going to hype that, of course. Uh, RCA RCA basically uh, released him from being able to push out any new projects. So while he'll still be making money from all his old stuff, which is really all the stuff that people listen to anyway, um, I think that, that it's good that they're taking a stance on this because somebody needs to. So hype.
0: Um, my quick answer to this is this is a long time overdue, so I'm gonna say I'm hyped that they did this.
1: You about to hype night, but right I'm sure. still
0: disappointed that it took them so long.
1: So you be hype nighting on the low and no, just don't call no.
0: that. I, I'm, I'm hyped for them actually doing this, but I'm disappointed that it took so long. And here's why I'm disappointed it took so long you've allowed him to create a catalog. Now that he has a catalog, ultimately his music lives on forever. Music lives forever, regardless of if somebody's dead or not. So with that being said, although he doesn't own his masters, he still has done enough to whereas he can actually go and do concerts elsewhere and still get paid off of doing and performing that music. So, you guys allowed this. So, fuck you.
1: But do you feel like... Okay, do you feel like this is uh, with bad intentions, though? Do you feel like it's like RCA wanted to keep him... They're
0: just doing this shit for pressure, and they they know... Is it for pressure, or is it for they don't
1: want to lose money from this project? So, whatever he releases at this point, he's going to have less of a fan base, of course, because of this. So, do you think it's more of a, well, let's just not even... Have him push anything out. That way we save money that we would have been putting into this project. No, know
0: they've been losing money on him. But they've had a contract with him that extends beyond a certain number of projects. So they were going to still put them out because they agreed to a contract to do Mm -hmm. it. So the fact that they're dropping him, it is what it is. It doesn't change anything. He could still release music directly himself from his own label.
1: If he has money.
0: I mean, (laughs) well. All right. Next up on our list. So... We talked about this in the first episode of this um, and there was an investigation that was approved to happen on R. Kelly's studio. Well, there's a follow-up story now. A judge is restricting the use of R. Kelly Chicago Recording Studio as it's considered a living space and it's not supposed to be used for that. Hyper good night to the judge actually pushing them out of that space and not allowing him to record in it anymore and i want to start with this one actually all right i said this on the last one and i said i was good nighting them for the simple fact that they 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 took way too long and they were in and, and by they i mean the police and in the district of chicago specifically in chicago proper they didn't do anything about any of this they knew about a lot of this and a lot of people were on staff so, at this point, you guys are basically telling him to clean his shit out. Like, okay, you surface, you, you put out all these pictures to show how things look now. And you're basically like, you know, it's not supposed to be a li- living conditions. And it has all these violations. And he doesn't actually go there consistently. It's not somewhere where he's just at consistently. Yeah,
1: that's the place he leaves his girls that he's dealing with to wait for him for days without food or water.
0: Right. So, <laughs> here's where I'm at with this. If I was a parent, I could actually see this being something of good because now I know what that situation looks like and now I know he can't go back there. But I'm goodnighting this for again, the same thing I goodnighted it from before. y'all acting like this is brand new or as if we didn't already know what was going on in there. Oh, there's bathrooms, there shouldn't be what? Oh, there's, I don't know, Twilight beds shoes. and do- come on, we Stop. knew all this stuff. The documentary could have told you that. That's not special. You wanted to get in there and take pictures? Great. Playoffs. So I'm over them. I'm over anything that's happening in Chicago. It's just sad that it took y'all a, a documentary on Lifetime for y'all to react to it. So fuck that. That's where I'm at with it. Go for it.
1: I think I might have to goodnight this as well. Um, I just feel like it's just a feeble attempt to trying to save face. Facts. Like, okay, we've done our job. We didn't find anything. They did They did the whole investigation in an hour. And that huge-ass 20,000-square-foot warehouse, like, they did it in an hour? Like, in our last episode, I basically said, I don't think they're going to find anything. Well, it may not have been the last one. It may have been this one coming up. But um, I didn't think they are going to find anything because they already gave him enough time to clear all the evidence out. So, at the point where they only used an hour of their time to investigate, quote-unquote... What were they expecting to find? Um, I think that the only thing this does for the parents is this lets them know, okay, well, my daughter's not there. Facts. Like it just narrows down the places where their daughters may be staying. It you know, may be at the Trump Tower residence in Chicago or maybe one of the houses that he salvaged in Atlanta, but it's just like it, it doesn't really do anything. It doesn't really say anything. And like you said, I just feel like they're just doing this because of the hype and the hoopla. It's like, don't do something in vain. Do something to actually produce a result. And nothing, there's been nothing that has resulted from this yet. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. So good night. All
0: right. Next up on our list in hyper good nights is (laughs) hyper good night to Erica Badu's comments about having unconditional love for R. Kelly. Let's go to the audio right now of exactly what she said during her concert
1: I'm I'm putting up a prayer right now for her I hope he sees the light of day if he's done all those things that we've seen on TV and heard those ladies talk about I hope he sees the light of day and comes forward What y'all say? Fuck it. That's, that's, that's not the... That's not unconditional love. But what if, what, if one of the, what if one of the people that was... R. Kelly grows up to be a, an
0: offender. Now, I don't know if y'all heard all of that. But essentially what she's saying is, you know, we shouldn't be saying fuck him to R. Kelly. We should be using unconditional love. Because it's not love to just say fuck a person and get past them. What she's really seeking to do is say, hey, bring light to yourself if you actually did these things. But on the other side of bringing light to that, that does not necessarily mean go away. It means seek help is where she's going with this, Um, which is why she brought up the girls. Like, what if one of those girls does something that's happening to her, to other people? So hyper good night to Erica Badu's comments around having unconditional love for R. Kelly. And what if those girls grew up and did something similar to him? You want me to start? Sure, go ahead. Um... This is no disrespect.
1: Disclaimer time. To Erica Badu. <laughs> Disclaimer time. Because I do
0: I do appreciate Miss Badu's music for the most part. But at this point, everything that I've I know about you as a thinker can be questioned on this. I know where your mind is going. I know why you think the way you think, because you really do have almost a hippie mindset of love is love nah be love ain't just love and to me unconditional love does not exist that's me personally so i'm good nighting the fuck out of this comment because ultimately if someone takes something that's precious to a little kid i cannot respect that person so r kelly sleeping with a 14 year old or a 12 year old or a 13 year old i don't know nah, you know there's all kinds of conditions to that bro that shit ain't okay Erica, I get where you're trying to go by actually positioning this as, are we going to are we gonna not feel as if those women need help then? Are we just going to push them off to the side? No, people would say the same shit about these women if they were going after younger boys or younger girls for that matter. None of this shit's right, but I'm not here to just outright say Erica Badu doesn't have a... a a point in what she's trying to say. The problem is your point is misguided and you're misled by your own convictions and your own thoughts. So, good night, Erica. And I hope you call motherfucking Tyrone in this bitch. So anyway.
1: Speaking of Tyrone, did Erica have unconditional love for Tyrone Tyrone when she told him that that he can't use her phone? Where was her unconditional love then? She's talking about love and light and all those other But it doesn't apply to her, right? It applies to us when we're talking about a serial rapist, a serial sex offender, pedophile. Right. Erica Badu is the same person who two years ago, when talking about how girls should dress at school, said that girls should wear longer skirts to not attract male teachers. Therefore, putting the blame on how women dress, inciting how men react. As if it's our fault that something happens to us. So I don't put anything past Erica Badu's notions of how we should all be treating the situation. This honestly doesn't even, I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. She was the same one saying, um, men and women both go through cycles of arousal. Men automatically are attracted to women of childbearing age childbearing age is what 11 12 whenever you get your period is pretty much childbearing age my thing is it like you said it is not my job to give anybody unconditional love that's pretty much the description of what god does actually and i'm definitely far away from that so on the notion of giving him unconditional love she's completely faulty on that secondly if one of her daughters, I think she has two, and I would never wish this on someone, but I'm just saying hypothetically, if one of her daughters was raped by someone, what kind of unconditional love would she give them? Would it even be there? Or does that does that not apply to her as well? I'm just surprised that someone who was a mother of two young daughters is reacting to this man in this way as if, yes, he does need help, but why are we... Why are we putting him on this pedestal of I hope he finds the light? Yes, I hope he finds the light enough to turn himself in. That's the only thing that she said that I actually agreed with. But everything else about how we should be responding to him, don't tell me how I should respond to someone who's done these heinous acts. What? That's
0: not love. That's not unconditional. It's also
1: not love to keep girls in a studio for days at a time and make them pee in buckets. Facts. So, let's talk about that, Erica. Are you cool with that? Cool! This is the same girl that said, like I told you before, this is the same girl that said, I said girl, this is the same woman that said she sees good in Hitler. Because Hitler was an artist and she points out all these positive attributes he had, besides leading people to concentration camps, of course. Um, And I just, you know, cool, you're on your whole enlightened state, but don't be dumb about it. Whew,
0: bars. All right. (laughs) And our final hyper good night, Taraji P, right now is getting a lot of heat in the Twitter sphere and a lot of heat on the gram. She recently just posted in her IG story, um, basically asking for a friend is how she starts it and starts searching for hashtag mute Weinstein and hashtag mute Harvey Weinstein. And basically her wondering why there isn't as much noise around muting harvey weinstein as there is for r kelly this has created a huge backlash and tons of people going at her so avia yeah hyper good night to the backlash taraji p is currently receiving around her and trying to search for these mute weinsteins
1: (laughs) um you know, Taraji's a bison, I'm a bison. That basically just means we both went to Howard. Um, but in this case, that means nothing. And I'm going to have to night her. And as a fellow bison, I feel like it's my duty to keep it real when someone's just wrong. And I don't really understand her angle. I don't understand if she was trying to point out the fact that there's so much exposure around R. Kelly with this hashtag and there's no exposure with Harvey. That hashtag was created by black women. The mute R. Kelly hashtag was created by black women. The people that were affected by R. Kelly were black women or people, women of color. The women that were affected by Harvey Weinstein were not black. That's not true. Well, most and of them were not.
0: Me Too was started by black women.
1: I understand And that, that woman
0: was actually in the R. Kelly doc
1: too. No, but what I'm saying is the most of Har- Harvey Weinstein's... Um, Victims were not black Okay, They weren't I mean as far as the ones that have come out Because I don't know the ones that have not come out Okay I mean Hollywood's white so it's to be expected Um, But I don't know why she would expect That sort of hashtag to be created In that scenario Because who would be the one Creating it in that case Secondly if we're going to go into semantics The whole idea of mute R. Kelly Was because he does music so there would not be a mute Harvey Weinstein anything because he makes movies. So the whole the whole semantics of his hashtag would be different. So she wasn't even looking up the right thing. Um thirdly, I have this issue with people that when when these when these black industry people come out as being uh, shown of their wrongdoing, like the Bill Cosby's and the Chris Brown's and the R. Kelly's. And when it's put front and center in front of everyone, I have this issue with people saying, oh, well, when this XYZ white person did something, nothing was done about it. Okay, R. Kelly has gotten away with this for 25 plus years. Harvey Weinstein is going to court to be in jail for the rest of his life. Something is actually being done for Harvey Weinstein. So if she cares about a hashtag at this point, she's focusing on the wrong thing because there's actual things that are taking place. And yes, it's very kept very low on the radar, so maybe it's not as apparent to her, but considering that she's in Hollywood, I would expect her to know this. Um, The fact that he's going to court on the basis of rape allegations for the possibility of him being under the jail for lifetimes over, that should say something. You don't need a hashtag in that case because something's actually being done. There is nothing being done about this R. Kelly thing, no matter if a six-hour documentary comes out or they search a studio where he keeps his, his victims. So I don't know what her problem is. I think we have an issue where... People want to protect our culture and our community and and say, well, we we deserve the same treatment across the board. Well, if R. Kelly deserves the same treatment as a white man, then he needs to be put in court like Harvey Weinstein. And that has yet to be happened. So I don't know what her problem is. I can't figure it out. I'm glad she took everything down because I think she realized how dumb it looks.
0: On my end, I think she didn't provide any context as to what she was trying to prove there. I think what she was trying to do is say Harvey should be highlighted the same way R. Kelly is highlighted. The problem is that feels and sounds like a deflection to a lot of people. And so I'm going to goodnight her asking about the mute Weinstein thing. And to your point mute would refer to the fact that he has musical recordings and by he i mean r kelly whereas weinstein doesn't have musical recordings if she really wanted to do her proper due diligence and look for hashtags it would have been either times up or me too those are both surrounding harvey and all the dumb shit that he's done uh it's not that hard all she had to do was a little bit of due diligence a quick google search and that would have saved her a lot of headache so is it's, it's almost like you shooting yourself in the foot with your core audience because black women are the people who are being affected here and you saying anything to infer and or project a deflection on something that's actually going wrong with them make it's gonna make them turn on you and you don't want your core audience to turn on you you should just put out the apology right now and go this is actually what i meant and just clear this shit up all together go on your ig live or go or do whatever the fuck you need to do to make this shit try to go away
1: uh she did so i saw it on on twitter she did tweet about an hour ago let me be clear R. Kelly is guilty and wrong and should be muted, period. But I do believe what you said is correct. In a case like this, if she had the time, two minutes, it would have made some, so much more of an impact for her to go on IG Live and just explicitly express herself as a black woman because this just makes her look faulty. And if she wants to talk about all the hype and hysteria around R. Kelly in this documentary, there are multiple things that I have yet to see that I actually saw online listed about Harvey Weinstein as far as documentaries, specials. There's a 60-minute special in Australia. There's Hollywood Weird Working with Weinstein. There's 2020 Shame and Scandal in Hollywood. There's BBC Harvey Secrets. There's a list of things. I can go on and on as I read this list. But... No one is recognizing this because we are focusing on this R. Kelly thing right now, but this needs to be a focus because nothing is happening, and there's been no justice for any of his victims. So, we may need to mute Taraji right now. Damn! Okay. (laughs) Just for this moment.
0: (laughs) right, y'all. Love you, Bison. Now we're gonna go back into the main topic. We will continue with part two of New Year Same R. Kelly. So, in terms of the music, uh, I wanted to do this in uh, three sections. The first part of this is us just discussing his music and a little bit of what came out of the, <clears throat> the docuseries. And then going from there and kind of talking about you know some of the people that have spoken out, some of the people that haven't. And then kind of on a final note, uh, we just want to get into like what's next and what we believe is going to happen. So let me start with the music here. I was watching uh, the GQ interview that he had done. I say it was in 2015, and GQ interviewed him. Um, and some of you may have seen this, and we posted it on our Instagram. In um, that interview is where he talks about his mom, and he says, you know, she used to drink off of, uh, you know, coffee and leave her lipstick on it. He would drink that, and eventually he's like, you know, I I was in love with my mom. I wanted to marry her, and of course she said no, which is okay. Fine and dandy But one of the things that was more intriguing to me While he was talking about his music capabilities Was R. Kelly describing his rise from the bottom to the top He talks about his stories about him singing outside of the train And just trying to get people to kind of, you know, give him money He would be out there for hours and he'd get like $10. And then eventually something clicked with him. And eventually that thing that clicked to him was the McDonald's he was next to. He was next to a McDonald's and we'd see people come out of the McDonald's and he would go, man, <clears throat> would love to even be able to eat some of this stuff. So he just starts riffing, McDonald's, blah, 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 blah. And then eventually somebody hears him say that and he gets like a dollar or two more than what he would normally get. And he was like, oh, shit. He goes back home to his mom, talks to his mom, lets her know like, yo, I got to write like a song about McDonald's. like, And in that moment, he created what will become the formula for some of his biggest hits, observational music. That observation around McDonald's, he would go back to that same spot. And sing about all the things that you could potentially get at McDonald's. He's singing about Big Macs. He's singing about Quarter Pounders, Whoppers, whatever. Whatever he sees, somebody coming out in their hands. And people were giving him $50, $100 here, there, all these big tips. And he was like, this is it. He found his formula through just crowdsourcing and being outside amongst the people. And once you find your formula, and once people start to gravitate towards you, and then they want to make you a part of their everyday, he's like, how do I expand this and brand this further? And as I said before, because that was his formula, that's how he created some of his biggest hits. Like, for instance, you remind me of my Jeep. Observation. (laughs) Sex in the kitchen. Things about food. Again, observation. But when that's put into context of the more overtly sexual songs that he's created, then all of this becomes a little bit creepy. Because it's observations that you're making about things that you're seeing. Or things that you're doing Man Let's start Talking about the music in a different way Because according to the Surviving R. Kelly docuseries One of his Backup dancers Had basically called him out For making music About the things that were happening To him sexually And one of the women even Admitted that One of the songs was about her And then another one said, I was around when he made another song. So let's get into this. The first song is Age Ain't Nothing But a Number. And in Age Ain't Nothing But a Number, which is a song that he wrote for a then 15-year-old Aaliyah, one of the lyrics to Age Ain't Nothing But a Number is, and this is Aaliyah singing this, by the way, Take my hand and come with me. Let me show you to ecstasy. Boy, be brave. don't be afraid cause tonight we're gonna go all the way. Don't mean to be bold, gotta let it. gotta let you know. I got a thing for you. I can't let go my age ain't nothing but a number. Now if you guys don't get where I'm going with this, he's speaking, he's writing this for her, speaking this into existence about what they're doing. Take my hand, come with me let me show you ecstasy. Which is basically her saying to him, come have sex with me. Boy, be brave and don't be afraid. Now, who in this scenario will really be afraid? Because he's writing this as if she's saying it. But in reality, it is him telling her, don't be afraid. Because tonight we're gonna go all the way. Don't mean to be bold, which again, I don't think she's the one that has to be bold in this instance, it's gonna be him. Gotta let you know, I got a thing for you. I can't let go. My age ain't nothing but a number. And then from there, of course, is throwing down ain't nothing but a thing. So that could tell you everything you need to know right there.
1: Ooh, I just thought of something. hmm I just thought of something. hmm Who's to say this song is about Aaliyah? This song could be about his sister when she molested him. Never know, because honestly, if you if, if you if you read the lyrics, and maybe oh my gosh, this is just mind blowing. <laughs> if you read the lyrics, and he was looking at it from his sister's perspective, of trying to lure her brother, mm-hmm. I could see that scenario in those lyrics. So let me read this back oh, as if you
0: you were if R. Kelly's sister was talking to him. Right. Take my hand and come with me. Let me show you ecstasy. Boy, be brave. Don't be afraid because tonight we're gonna go all the way. Don't mean to be bold. gotta let you know I got a thing for you, and I can't let go. You don't think so? That's mad, nasty.
1: but that and, is and I and I implore nasty. anyone who's listening to our podcast right now look up the the uh, interview with Carrie Kelly. Recent interview came out last week he actually goes into detail about what their sister used to do when she sexually abused them. And she would sexually abuse R. Kelly and she would sexually abuse Carrie separately. So basically there'd be times where she would be babysitting her brothers and she would call one of them into the house and um, go into the room and make them touch parts of her, make them go down on her. And it would, it would always be a separate type of transaction to the point where had they known before that they were going through the same thing, Carrie and R. Kelly, maybe something different could have happened from that. But that same sort of separation that his sister put into their situation so that they were unaware that they were going through the same thing, is the same thing that R. Kelly does to his victims. Separate rooms, can't talk to anyone, can't look at anyone. They have no idea what's going on in the outside world. They have no idea with what's going on in his, his own camp. They have no idea with what's going on with other women. They have no idea that there are other women. How many of them are there? They don't know anything. Knowledge is power, and that's something that he took away from them. This is just crazy. I can't.
0: <laughs> All right.
1: Ooh, Next boy. song
0: on the docket Your Body's Calling Me remix featuring Aaliyah. Again, 15 year old Aaliyah. And if you guys haven't heard any of these songs, uh, just you can go to YouTube and look them up because then he's not going to get streaming credit for that for real. I don't care what anybody tells you. Then the numbers are nominal. Don't go to Spotify. Don't go to any of those other platforms and do it. Okay. <clears throat> I'm, I'm highlighting this on purpose because this is Aaliyah's verse in this. Aaliyah says, after the chorus hits, the course, my body's calling for me. So then Aaliyah comes in and says, boy, my body's calling you. So do what you want to do. And from there, she goes on to say, are you hungry? And in the background, R. Kelly says, yes. Yes, I'm hungry, baby. And she says, do you want to eat? And he says, oh. And then she says, I said my body's calling for you. Here I come running to save you is what he says in the background. And then from there, so put this remix to your ear and tell me. Now.
1: <laughs> but Aaliyah's mom was okay <laughs> with okay. the lyrics. She's like I was in the studio when Aliyah sang that I was with her at all times Right Great parenting
0: No let's go to the next song (laughs) The next song was a song that one of the girls During the docuseries pointed out that He had wrote a song about her As she was dealing with a miscarriage And that song was a song that R. Kelly ended up writing And giving to Michael Jackson called You Are Not Alone There's a part of that song specifically where it starts by saying, just the other night, I thought I heard you cry, asking me to come and hold you in my arms. I can hear your prayers, your burdens I will bear, but I first need your hand, then forever can begin. Now think about this. Think about what's being said there. If just the other night I thought I heard you cry, why would she be crying? There's a very obvious reason why she'd be crying if she had a miscarriage or she's losing a baby or she's having an abortion. There'd be a reason to do that. And then to go from there to say, asking me to come and hold you in my arms, why would she be doing that? Because she's hoping for some form of sympathy and then, going from there, I can hear your prayers, your burdens I will bear. She's praying about all this stuff. now, come on, man, observational songs.
1: were you shocked when you heard that though? when you found out that that song was really about her having a miscarriage? Yeah, okay, I just want yeah, to, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: okay. Then we're going to move on to the down low Now In one of the books By the anonymous girl um, In the sex me Anonymous book The girl basically said That R. Kelly had a guy By the name of Ray In which Ray ends up Penetrating R. Kelly having sex with him As she's riding R. Kelly Which means R. Kelly Was doing some down low shit Which is fine that's what you want to do however in the song download he gets to a part of it where he says secret lovers is where you want to be while making love to him you're silently calling on me what is a man to do in a situation like this i feel there is something that i don't want to miss now why would he say that Why would he say that? The secret lovers part of it is very easy. Um, While making love to him, you're silently calling on me. What is a man to do in a situation like this? I feel there is something that I don't want to miss. Now, I get it. This could very well be about a woman. But come on.
1: I mean, people have listened to Luther Vandross's songs and said the same thing. Like, oh, this is obviously about a man. You can go as far back as to Shakespeare's sonnets and be like, wow, he was definitely talking about a man here. But I, I feel like in that case, it would be hard to pinpoint which song was about a man and which song was about a woman. I would have to go through his whole Rolodex of songs. But that's interesting.
0: So we're down to the last two songs that i wanted to highlight
1: oh i wanted to highlight one all right this is probably one of yours though
0: the next one is don't you say no and this is off the tp2 album and the song don't you say no basically highlights r kelly's plan of action and how he thinks and then it goes from that to being to me one of the rapiest songs in music history the chorus in itself says don't you say no tonight Don't you say no tonight
1: Don't you say no tonight Don't you say no tonight It was not a radio cut But it should have been
0: Now He starts the song by saying After Cheesecake Meaning the Cheesecake Factory "with, With all of your friends and family Who's gonna front the bill Me He goes from there to say Valet your gator at the club Plus buy you drinks gonna show you love me spend lots of money whining and dining on expensive suits compliments of who me open doors take you to the movies treat you like a beauty queen now it's time to please me and what exactly do y'all feel like that last line means let me repeat that open doors take you to the movies treat you like a beauty queen now it's time to please me
1: I wonder how many men actually think that, but don't say that. Man, come on. I'm just saying.
0: Man, come on. Now, here's the, like, he's setting all this stuff up to let you know, if I'm putting this money on you, something's got to be done. That sounds
1: like prostitution.
0: Hello? (laughs) The end of this is what gets way creepy and way rapey. Because, again, the hook is don't you say no tonight. Here's the last portion of this. It says, I've been doing all these things for you. Now what you gonna do for me? I ain't trying to spend no cash if you ain't spending that ass. No, I've been doing these things for you. Now what you gonna do for me? I've been going down on you. I ain't going down on you if you ain't going down on me. No, I've been doing these things for you. Now you gonna <laughs> now what you gonna do for me. Say you want to take first-class trips. Well, I want to work those first-class hips. Yes, I do. I've been doing these things for you. Now, what you gonna do for me? And then here comes the most rapey line of all time. You want to ride all in my truck, but you don't want to let me fuck you. Don't you say no tonight. Man, listen. If... Observational music is real And everything that he just said In this is real R. Kelly might go down in history As one of the nastiest motherfuckers alive Just And here's my final song And if Avi has anything to add She can add this My final song is Guilty until proven innocent With him and Jay-Z The hook alone R. Kelly brags that no one can touch him And that (laughs) he has a woman
1: You can't touch me No you can't touch me
0: Jigga Kelly Not guilty Try to
1: charge me But I'm not guilty I got
0: all my Mommies I got
1: all of my Mommies (sighs) Tell me So What y'all want from me Most importantly Not guilty I'm just letting y'all know The fact that he even Added his mommies into it Who do you think His mommies are All the girls he has in his studio Man listen man So that song came What's interesting is that song came out in 2000 That was prior to us even knowing a sex tape existed It's almost like What's the the term for that Where it's like you you, Manifest Yeah the manifest destiny That's
0: what
1: That's what he did this is crazy. This is simply insane. So,
0: okay. Let's transition. Now we're gonna, I wanted to get into the artists that he has working with that have spoken out against him. And the artists that haven't spoken out against him yet. Let's start with the artists that have spoken out against him. And then some of what some of them have been saying. Chance the Rapper spoke out. He recently disappointed with himself for even having worked with R. Kelly on a 2015 song called Summer in Paradise. Lady Gaga. She did a song with him in 2013 called Do What You Want, and she released a statement and took the song off of all streaming services. Nick Cannon did Gigolo and was very clear that he's like, these things have been happening in the industry for years, and it's time that we respect our queens and do more for them. B2K, Girlfriend, the Pied Piper remix in 2003, Amarion spoke out against it and said in his first tweet, it's important to first acknowledge that this has been an ugly truth in the industry for years and as opposed to dismissing its existence. And he said, it's time to discuss it. Everyone has to be responsible. Many have bared witness to the unthinkable and yet have remained silent. In his second tweet, he says, those responsible must be held accountable. Um, And hashtag R. Kelly was both a victim and a predator and accordingly must be held accountable but also get professional help. Um, his artistic genius has inspired us all. His music is being muted by the darkness of his actions. The dark always comes to light. Then finally, a rock and roll group by the name of Phoenix did a song with him trying to be cool remix in 2013. And they released a statement saying we are deeply horrified that, about the stories of abuse surrounding R. Kelly. We regret that we were not both more informed and more discerning when we worked with him previously. Tank also gave his thoughts. Avia brought this up before. And so he actually stated the same thing, kind of saying that, you know, this is wrong and this should be addressed. And he put up a mute R. Kelly sign on his IG. Now, to the people that haven't spoken out, and this is concerning on some levels, but not on others. So when you think about this, uh, dream the person who... um, who actually did the full docuseries? Dream Hampton, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I was about to say, the Sorry. Dream. I'm like, no, no Dream Hampton. Right. Sorry. Dream Hampton, who did the docuseries, she made it very clear that she reached out to a bunch of people. She reached out to Quest Love, but Quest Love didn't have anything to say. And according to Quest Love, he said that they were going to ask him about R. Kelly's genius. And he's like, I'm not going to get on a show and then talk about this man's genius. No, I'm not going to do it. So that's why he didn't actually come on. But, Dream but, Hampton said, right. no, that's not true. We were to ask you all kinds of questions. Um, and that's where that lies. John Legend actually spoke out against him. But here are the speak- people that didn't speak up. Celine Dion. She did a song with him called I'm Your Angel in 1998 and reportedly declined to be a part of the series. Uh, Justin Bieber. He did a song called PYD. In 2013, Bieber has yet to publicly comment on the claims made against R. Kelly in the docuseries. Mariah Carey, bet you're going to know, in 2014, the 48-year-old hasn't publicly commented on the allegations against R. Kelly either. And then Jay-Z, who did a full Best in Both Worlds tour and album, he did two albums with him, has not actually spoken up since um, they had that concert series. So this leads us down this path. What's
1: next for R. Kelly? Um wait, I, I just wanted to kind of touch go for it. on that. there's there's some things that need to be said about about who's spoken and who's not spoken. Go for it. Um Dame Dash has spoken. Okay. And I think that, you know, not to derail from the, the situation at hand, but I think it's unfortunate that he's spoken, uh, because he claims to have no ties with R. Kelly. Um in fact, in talking to multiple people, one person being Nick Cannon on Cannon's Class, uh, recorded at the illustrious Howard University, um, Dame actually says something that tells me that he knows more than what he, he leads on to, to be. And that is uh, that he doesn't mess with Jay and Rockefeller crumbled in part due to Jay-Z and Dame being partners and Dame Dash dating Aaliyah and knowing that something had gone down between Aaliyah and R. Kelly that was not kosher. And Jay knowing of this and still continuing a business relationship, not only a business relationship, but to go on the Best of Both Worlds tour and release two albums after knowing what happened between Ali and R. Kelly, or not even knowing, but knowing that something went down that just wasn't positive. Um, and so Dame felt like, in that case, if you are my homeboy and you know that this is how he worded it on Nick Cannon, too. He said, Nick, an example if you have a friend who knows that your girl got raped. And your friend went on to do business with them. Would you be cool with that friend? And that's how he worded it to Nick Cannon in this hypothetical question. So then I'm like, wait a minute. Did Aaliyah get raped by R. Kelly? Is that what he's confessing? Or is he using this as an example? And so in that notion, I'm like, oh my gosh. This girl went through some things that we will just never know about. But I, it, it's interesting and shocking actually to hear this. But um, he said that that was the downfall, or the beginning of the downfall of Rockefeller, mind you. And this is on RIG. I posted the interview that Dame has had with someone talking about Jay and kind of dragging his name in the mud in relation to this Aaliyah R. Kelly situation. Dame Dash was in the Fiesta video, which was it was the Fiesta remix. I'm sorry which was taped in 2001, a couple months before Aaliyah's passing. Dame Dash was also featured in the So Sexy video, which is R. Kelly and Twista. And that was released in 2004, the same year as the Best of Both Worlds tour. So while in the Nick Cannon interview that Dame Dash had, he said, yeah, I was in the Fiesta video, but I was nowhere near R. I was supporting my artist." He still made his presence known in a project that he didn't have to make his presence known in because he made it very clear that he had nothing to do with the best of both worlds tour, yet you're in this video because your artist is in it. But knowing that the person whose song that the video was for did something horrible to your girlfriend is what baffles me. And so at the point where you're trying to take down someone, and I feel like Jay-Z is the person he's taking down, and he will take every opportunity to speak badly about Jay that he can. He takes down Jay, and in turn, things come out about him, videos and such, from the past that we can date to the year that show that he's being hypocritical. And I think that's part of the reason why a lot of people are not speaking out. I think Dame being one of the reasons. I think the first reason is they don't want to say the wrong thing that can actually ruin their reputation or ruin their legacy or their career. So they feel like, and this is Jay included, so they feel like they're not touching this with a 10-foot pole. Jay doesn't have a completely clear um, experience with Beyonce because so, reportedly he met her when she was 17, and that's when they started dating. And Jay is 11 years her senior. Um, secondly, I think that people are afraid of saying something to make it seem like they had nothing to do with the situation, no, they, that they look down on the situation, and that they're against the situation, but there's evidence that may come out showing otherwise and i think people are afraid of that happening for them and that's what's happened to dame and now it's to the point where it's like i can look at dame and be like i'm sorry your words don't hold any weight with me because you're sitting here trying to drag someone else's name through the mud about why they had certain dealings with r kelly but your dealings with him were okay whether it be you popped up in a video of his or not you still knew what happened. And even three years after Aaliyah's death, you still decide to pop up another, another video he was associated with. Um, I think what's interesting about Tank is, and maybe not a lot of people realize this, but Tank was signed by Aaliyah's uh, uncle who, who introduced her to R. Kelly. Tank was signed by Aaliyah's uncle who owns Black Round Records. Tank had a very close relationship to Aaliyah. I'm very shocked that he didn't say anything earlier. Um, Missy and Genuine, Timbaland haven't said anything. Um, and I don't really expect them to, but the thing that I have an issue with is that there are people in this industry that knew what was happening and are just now speaking out I can't say who those people are because I don't know who they are. But the fact that Omarion can say, we're not going to perform our hits written by R. Kelly on our upcoming tour because of what's transpired to me speaks volumes. And you can look at B2K and say they too have gone through their own situations of having Chris Stokes as a manager and being a pedophile Alleg- allegations of course. Um So the people that are actually taking action, I commend, but I find it funny and I find it convenient that certain people are not saying things when they're always saying things in other situations. Snoop Dogg is an example. Snoop Dogg, Always has something to say about a situation, whether it be about Trump, whether it be about Kanye, whether it be about anything else that's happening, any other fuckery that's happening in the industry that he just doesn't align himself with. Snoop Dogg, a year and a half ago, actually had R. Kelly at his house for his wife's birthday. And R. Kelly brought Jocelyn Savage and his other girlfriend at the time, Haley Calhoun. And I find it interesting, Snoop Dogg, who also made a song with R. Kelly... Uh, what was the song called? That's uh, That's That in 2006. That's that shit. Right. After the 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 um sex tape came out, years after the sex tape came out, still made a song with R. Kelly. I find it interesting that he's mum on this topic right now. And to me, that tells me anything anything more than more than anything else because He always has something to say. So these people that are conveniently placing themselves in a position where they are not saying anything is the reason why this has become what it has become. And so when we talk about blame, we talk about the parents being at blame. We talk about the team being at blame. We talk about R. Kelly having 75 to 80% of the blame. We also need to hold the people that work in the music industry accountable as well. And that's, that's it. And I think that people are afraid of even saying anything because it's going to expose that they had some sort of relation to R. Kelly. Or it's going to expose that they knew something and didn't say anything about it. But the fact that they're not saying anything about it now and the fact that they didn't say anything about it then says to me so much. And that's the reason why this has transpired. Because imagine if everyone came out, this would have been shut down with the quickness.
0: Uh, the only thing I'm going to add to that is you're missing one other factor. What's that? You brought up the 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 factor around, you know, uh, they probably have worked with him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you brought up the other point. But you're missing the fact that, and you, you kind of touched on it, people will look into their past. And when that's digged up, who knows what they find? Because you brought it up with Jay-Z. But who knows what you find? And at that point, everybody's they're afraid. To save,
1: they're just trying to save their own ass. Yeah, everybody's point.
0: afraid of like, oh shit, what did I do in the past that could have me held accountable for some fuck shit that I did? Nobody wants to part any parts of this. Nobody wants to be the one that comes out and like, ooh. So.
1: And do you think that's the reason why they're not speaking out?
0: I think that plays into it. I think that's another factor. I think every every single thing that you brought up plays into it. But that's another factor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's true. That's very true. All right, all right. Um, on the final note to close this out, um, the what's next portion of this, and this is this is what's going to conclude this. What do you think will happen next with R. Kelly? And I want
1: you to lead, and I'll, I'll I'll jump in and I'll close it out. Um, I just want to say one thing. I think that a lot of people are saying this is a black issue. As far as uh, this has happened for so long because people don't care about black women, black girls. Haley Calhoun was white. (laughs) I'm sorry. That was his his most recent victim that has escaped him. She was a white girl. Blonde hair, blue eyes. Um, Lizette Martinez, Latina. I don't necessarily think this is a black and white issue. That's personally me. I think that this is an issue of image. And I can tie image into every single section that we've talked about. Everyone is concerned about their image, from the people in the music industry who have worked with them, who may have had some things in their past as well, to the parents of of the daughters who are held in captivity, supposedly, or, or have had these dealings with them. Everyone is worried about their image. Um, so, I want to be hopeful and say that something's going to happen, justice is going to be served eventually, and, and that there's going to be something that is done that's actually substantial. But the way that things are going, I can see this playing out to be a situation where there's all this hype, hoopla and people coming out and feeling comfortable talking about their situations. The police are going to do their their inspection on Aaliyah's birthday, and they're not going to find anything because R. Kelly's team was given five days to clean up. And I think at the end of the day, the cops are worried about their image as well. And who knows what kind of ties he has with them. So at the point where you have someone who has caused so much pain and hurt to probably hundreds of families at this point, because we're talking about the people that spoke out, but we're not touching on the people that haven't because we don't know that they exist. I just don't think that anything's going to happen to him. And part of the reason is because though we can say the parents have failed the children, the music industry has failed the children, our Kelly has failed these children, The justice system is failing these children. And the fact that the justice system is set up in the way that it is where if someone, like you said earlier in the podcast, if someone has an adult child who is under the cult-like mentality of someone else, there's nothing that can be done because they are 18 and they are of age, even though their cerebral cortex is not yet developed. So at the point where the justice system and the law do not align with how a human being is, we're always going to fail, people. And I think that's what's happening in this situation and that's what's going to continue to happen. And that's all I have to say about that.
0: Correction, Katie Hal- Calhoun is not white. but I mean, What is she? she? She's definitely not we white. We
1: getting technical. What is she?
0: Look at her. Look at her and her brother.
1: Oh, you were talking about how she looks? Okay. No. Like, Have look you seen at, her mother? No, no, look at her and her brother. Have She's you genuine. seen her mother?
0: But yeah, but you you cannot call her what Come on, fam. All right, I'm going to let that rock.
1: Okay, so I'm sorry. She's white and probably black. Yeah, Sorry.
0: For sure. Like, I'm just saying, but that's still a black... But, no, no, but honestly, so she's
1: black. Then I'm sorry. It's another black victim. It's
0: more black She's victims. She's still white. They go out of their. He if goes if out someone of his saw way.
1: Kate uh, Haley Calhoun, they would not be like, "Look at that black girl over there." They would say, "Look at that white girl with the blonde hair and the blue eyes." I would definitely not cast- okay. classify her aesthetically speaking as being black. She can be black, but what I'm saying is, I, I I don't think that this is a black and white issue. I think this is an issue of secrecy, um, image reputation and and people wanting to keep their own self up for for what they have going on whether it be keeping their job or keeping their image or keeping their sanity or keeping whatever keeping the money that he's given that's what it is harvey weinstein is not a black or white issue having a having a cult or a cult-like following is not a black or white issue how many white cults are there in america Scientology can be considered a cult. Is that black or white? That's a different form of a cult. So this is not a black or white issue.
0: All right, here's my take. And this is really speaking to what I personally believe is going to happen next with R. Kelly personally. My thoughts are he hasn't been moving the same way that he used to move. He's doing this very calculated. And by doing this, I mean he's finding girls that are within the consensual age ranges, no matter what state he's in, and then turning them into what he deems they should be a part of his quote-unquote sex cult operation. So I don't know how you, if you're a prosecutor or you're a judge, you can convict him in a court of law of doing anything wrong anymore based on the way he's moving now. However, the court of public opinion can not only ruin his career, but can ruin his day-to-day existence within the domestic U.S. Just ask O.J. Simpson how that went for him. That 30 for 30 documentary done on O.J., proved that and live in living color. He was no longer the OJ that he thought he was. He couldn't go to the same places that he thought he could go to. He wasn't appreciated by the same people that used to appreciate him. His, I don't know, celebrity contacts weren't reaching out anymore. His celebrity contacts didn't give a fuck about doing favors for him anymore. Then when all that stuff starts to crumble underneath you, life becomes very siloed. And that's when his life really devolved and turned into something that he never thought it could be. It became dark. So the court of public opinion will do its job eventually. But the only other thing that I wanted to mention is his management team has been very clear about how things are being ran now. They shot over a note to the Post in a statement last year saying that R. Kelly has close friendships with a number of women who are strong, independent, happy, well cared for, and free to come and go as they please. All of the women targeted by the current media onslaught are legal adults of sound mind and body with their own free will, which just basically means anytime you want to leave, you can leave, and you're independent of me without me controlling any of your thoughts without me controlling any of your day to day interactions you can do what you want so in a court of law he's doing things different such that it does not catch up with him but in in the court of public opinion not only do we know that he's a master manipulator psychologists have told you that the women that have dealt with him have told you that but we as the public now have to start to push away and stop engaging with him as if he is okay okay Because he's not. And until he seeks help or he's put away or both. Both. I have no respect for Robert Kelly or his music anymore. So as a next step, I'm hoping you seek help. I'm hoping that you can go away for a very long time. For your past transgressions and any of your new transgressions. Cause I don't want anybody else's family to be hurt by the things that you continually do to people. That's it. And just like that, Yay! you should be hearing the great sounds of the G-Dep. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on SoundCloud, Google Play or iTunes. Good night, Harley. Good night. Good night y'all.